0: I'm Andrew Schwartz, and you're listening to The Truth of the Matter, a podcast by CSIS where we break down the top policy issues of the day and talk with the people that can help us best understand what's really going on. To get to the truth of the matter about Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's launch of his Safe Innovation in the AI Age framework at CSIS yesterday, June 21st, we have with us Greg Allen, who is the director of our Wadwani Center on AI. Greg, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: Greg, you were able to interview Senator Schumer after he gave his opening remarks, but I want to take a listen to a little bit of what he said.
1: If we take the typical path, holding congressional hearings with opening statements in each member, asking questions five minutes at a time on different issues... We simply won't be able to come up with the right policies. By the time we act, AI will have evolved into something new. This will not do. A new approach is required.
0: Greg, Senator Schumer clearly called for a new process. What did he mean by that? What is that new process?
1: So the specific thing that he's talking about are this sort of new series of working groups that bring in outside experts to actually hash out the measures of policymaking. And I think it's really remarkable that the sort of keeper of the Senate process as the Senate majority leader um, is basically saying that, Traditional congressional hearings aren't going to get it done. And he specifically, you know, made a, what was almost came off as a joke, right, about these five-minute opening statements followed by Q&A of experts. I mean, this is the process by which the Senate gets a lot of its work done. And what is so interesting is that it's not that the Senate or the Congress has never moved fast before. Obviously, the, the you know Congress moved very fast on aid to Ukraine, other issues. But what uh, Leader Schumer is talking about here is how there is simultaneously a dire need to move quickly on the issue of AI regulation. And at the same time, uh, everyone sort of agrees that the nature of the challenge is so unlike other issues that have been faced. And there's not this extraordinarily deep bench of talent in order to address these issues, right? If you want to get aid to Ukraine quickly. There is a military aid playbook. There is existing legislation you can draw from. If you want to get military aid to Ukraine, there are a ton of smart people in the Department of Defense who can give you good ideas for what types of things they need. When it comes to regulating AI, there is so much that is new. And at the same time that there is so much as new, there is this sense that it is changing extremely rapidly and the sort of traditional government processes aren't going to be moving fast enough. And it's worth you know, just bearing in mind, as we talked about on the last one of these podcasts, this announcement comes on the heels of that um, open letter signed by the Center for AI Safety and a host of bigwigs in AI. The CEO of OpenAI, the CEO of Google DeepMind, top executives, top academic researchers, All of which are saying that the dangers posed by artificial intelligence, if mismanaged, are, you know, should be treated in the same vein as like the risk of human extinction, as the risk of nuclear weapons run amok. And so that's why you're seeing Senator Schumer basically say, I'm not only taking this incredibly seriously, I'm going to launch a process that I believe can get it done in the required timeframe.
0: And it was interesting, too, that he clearly outlined that he wants this to be bipartisan. And as you just said, um, he wants Congress to learn about this issue in a new way. Right. And I think that's
1: reflected in, in so many different things. For one, Schumer said that, you know, his staff has taken literally hundreds of meetings on this topic, you know, just in the past few months. The White House actually announced, because there was a a Biden administration announcement on June 20th, also about AI regulation, that White House principals, so we're talking, you know, National Security Council senior officials or cabinet level senior officials, are taking, you know, two to three meetings a week on this topic at like the principal level, which, you know, these people's time is not cheap or easy to get access to. So it really has moved to the top of the agenda in an extraordinary way. And everybody is trying to get smart on this as fast as they can. Congress is bringing in experts from academia to give like crash course training sessions on what this technology is and where it might be going.
0: And One of the things clearly here that Schumer had in mind is that and as you have said on this podcast before, the speed in which AI is moving is just lightning fast. I think it's twice as fast as Moore's law.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depends how you measure the performance increase, but it's unambiguously exponential growth in capability. And it's also unambiguously significantly faster than some of the leaders in this field have been expecting. So, you know, we're used to exponential and jaw-dropping growth in semiconductors. When you're exceeding even that, you know, you're talking about AI capabilities in the not-too-distant future. That could be even more jaw-dropping, even more disruptive, even more transformative than what we've experienced over the past year, which is really unlike anything I've seen in my entire career.
0: And clearly, Greg, the branding around this safe innovation means we want to do this safely and we want to do this smartly. But what does this announcement actually signal for the future of AI development in the United States? So I think what's really
1: interesting is that he called it the Safe Innovation Framework. And I think that that title actually communicates a lot of information immediately. On the one hand, AI safety is like a term of art in the AI research community. It is an entire subfield of study. That people have been arguing for a decade needs more attention, needs more resources, needs more people focusing on the not just how do you make AI do impressive things, how do you make it do these things safely? And there are genuine unsolved research questions in the field of AI safety, and there's actually a lot of resonance when Leader Schumer titles his framework safe. Like, this is what he's going after, is the same problems and questions that that research community has been talking about for a long time. At the same time, he calls it the safe innovation framework, which means, and and it's very clear in the way he titled his speech, you know, innovation is the North Star. So what he's saying in that regard... My interpretation was a response to a different open letter that called for a pause on advanced AI research for six months. And other luminaries in the AI field also signed that letter. They basically said, this is moving too fast. Can we all take a break and work more on governance, work more on safety research before we make any additional progress in this field? Schumer is basically saying that's not what's going to happen here. Rather than pausing the research, rather than refusing to take advantage of the extraordinary benefits of continued innovation in AI, what we're going to do is have a crash program to come up with a governance framework that is going to allow us to continue having the benefits of AI while dealing with these, you know, what Schumer calls real dangers of potential AI misuse or malicious use or catastrophic accidents.
0: You know, one of the other things that struck me, Greg, was that Schumer seemed to communicate in his speech the urgency of getting on this. Let's listen to what he said.
1: The AI revolution is going to happen with us or without us. If we can promote innovation, make sure it is safe. If America leads the way, the future will be far better, brighter and safer than if it happens without us. The, quote, real dangers that he talks about are issues like job displacement, issues like misinformation, what he called a new age of weaponry, and then finally, the risk of being unable to manage this technology altogether. All four of those topics are areas that people like myself have been talking about just for the past five, ten years about continued progress in artificial intelligence, but As we talked about in the last podcast, the entire conversation in Washington has shifted dramatically uh, just in the past few months. And so these these dangers have gone from, you know, a topic worthy of consideration to I hesitate to use the word crisis. But the major principles in this story are behaving as though it is a crisis, at least, you know, in terms of how they're devoting their time, their attention. It looks like the way you normally deal with
0: a crisis. So how do you think Schumer plans to actually accomplish his outlined goals?
1: Well, I think it would, it's interesting to, to distinguish what Schumer is up to from other major initiatives in this area. And so I would point out really three others that strike me as sort of interesting points of contrast. Um, so the first is also going on in Congress. Congressman Ted Lieu is coming up with a new commission. So the United States Congress already had a commission on artificial intelligence, the National Security Commission on artificial intelligence. Ted Lieu is now proposing a new commission that would be looking at AI regulations. So that's like a six-month commission, and they come out with a big basket of recommendations for Congress to adopt. That's sort of the traditional playbook for getting access to expertise and good recommendations when, you know, the members of the House and the Senate might not have a good starting point for writing the regulations without access to that outside expertise. The second thing that we have is what's going on at the White House. Which is convening the leaders in AI research, including, you know, the top executives of companies, top researchers in this field, folks who have, you know, sort of raised awareness of the dangers of AI if it goes uh, wrong. In the Biden administration is promising major action on this area, which which I would say is is frankly different from the tone that a senior White House official announced at CSIS not that long ago. When we had uh, Alexander McGillivray, who at the time was in the office of the chief technology officer at the White House his message, i'm oversimplifying here, was that hey our existing regulations are relevant, we're going to find new ways to apply them to the different domains of artificial intelligence. Those talking points are basically dead out of the white house and it's only been like 45 days, you know, since he was he was making those talking points. The new tone out of the white house is this is a big big Issue It demands urgent and large scale action. But given that it is the White House, these are going to be executive branch outcomes. So think executive orders or other kinds of convenings.
0: So do you believe that Senator Schumer is going to receive bipartisan support for his plan? And what would that look like?
1: Well, I think he you know, already has bipartisan support in the Senate, right? So he announced that he's working with three other senators, Senator Martin Heinrich of New Mexico, who is a Democrat, and then Mike Rounds, who is a Republican of South Dakota, and Todd Young, who's a Republican of Indiana. So this group of four senators are working together um, as part of this safe innovation framework and this sort of new approach to generating legislation that Senator Schumer outlined. That's bipartisan support for the process. What remains to be seen is whether or not there will be bipartisan support for the outcomes. And getting anything passed in Congress these days is exceptionally difficult. But Senator Schumer, you know, was projecting optimism. He was saying, look what we did with the Chips and Science Act. Look look what we did with all these other major pieces of bipartisan legislation You know, his bet is that uh, if the Senate leads the way in a bipartisan manner, then something can get through the House as well.
0: So how do you see policymakers balancing between regulating appropriately and allowing innovation to accelerate so that the United States can outrun international competitors? Your reference to international
1: competitors is entirely appropriate. So the elephant in the room of this story is China. When you talk about sort of global AI progress, you know, the United States, Europe, Japan, China, they're all strong on AI research and development. But when you talk about commercial adoption of AI or national security adoption of AI, the United States and China lead the way. And the gap between, you know, numbers one, two, and three, the gap between two and three is pretty significant. And that's part of the story for why they're not willing to sacrifice innovation. There is there is not really a strong sense in Washington that even if, you know, the United States took a pause, China's not going to take a pause. And I would, you know, just projecting the argument of Leader Schumer here, although he did not mention China by name in this specific point, but I believe he was indirectly referring to it. If the United States took a six month pause, China would be like, great, an opportunity to catch up six months worth uh, of research. And I would also point to, you know, the comments of ambassador at large for cyber and digital in the U.S. State Department, uh, Nate Fick. And what Ambassador Fick said that I think was so interesting is that right now, you know, the, the White House is talking with these leading companies, companies like OpenAI, companies like Google DeepMind, that are really out front on AI research. And they're talking about, you know, guardrails, voluntary guardrails, that these companies can adopt to, to maximize the chance that this AI technology is used safely and responsibly. But even Ambassador Fick says, how long is it? until we have some open source capabilities that are comparable to the state of the art. And just to, you know, give some context here, the most advanced version of OpenAI's large language model AI is GPT-4. And it's really beefy, it's really powerful. You know, they spent more than 100 million dollars for the supercomputing facility where this thing was trained. You know, a couple generations ago was a system called GPT-2, and I remember when GPT-2 was absolutely state of the art. Well, you know, these days you can run GPT-2 on a beefy laptop, not some fancy supercomputer. So a lot of the sort of regulatory approaches that we have, they apply to industries where everything is expensive and complicated, right? You can regulate commercial airliners, commercial aircraft production, because those aircraft are incredibly expensive. You don't have to make that many phone calls to talk to all the companies that are trying to make commercial airliners. Well, today that's true for these most advanced AI systems, but in two years, it might be a very different story. This level of capability might be much, much more widely available. So these sort of voluntary guardrails are something that the White House is interested in getting going right now, you know, but even members of the administration like Ambassador Fick are like, this is a stopgap measure. We are going to need mandatory governance measures in the not too distant future.
0: Greg, finally, and You know, forgive me, I'm such a homer for CSIS, but I have to ask you, what's the significance of Leader Schumer unveiling his plan here at CSIS?
1: Well, I think it was a compliment. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) I think he's recognizing that, you know, we've stood up here at CSIS, the Wadwani Center for AI and Advanced Technologies. This is a big priority for CSIS. Uh, My team is expanding. Uh, because we recognize that there's just a ton of really complex questions that demand some really high quality scholarship and there's not a ton of time to produce this stuff. So we're working on it and we're really excited to the prospects of supporting Leader Schumer's efforts in this area.
0: Greg Allen, thanks very much. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out our larger suite of CSIS podcasts from Into Africa, the Asia Chessboard, China Power,